Hello and welcome to the UK Gamers Podcast. Well, I hope you enjoyed my readings I've been doing recently. They do seem to be very popular, uh, I notice, when checking my stats. Um, in fact, I think my most popular show is the Mice and Mystics, followed closely by the Kingdom Death one. Anyway, um, this weekend, being Halloween-based, and also the anniversary of the first publication of Sherlock Holmes stories, uh, is very propitious for what I wish to talk about. Uh, in fact, I do have a recording uh, for a bit later on in the show for the Sherlock Holmes consulting detective game. So what did I do uh, for the Halloween? Well, I finished off replaying The Witcher 3, including the excellent, excellent Hearts of Stone and the very Halloween-appropriate Blood and Wine expansions. Um, I was a little bit disappointed originally in the ending of Witcher 3, but the Blood and Wine expansion really rounds it off nicely for my tastes. And, yeah, Witcher 3 is probably one of the, if not the best computer games, particularly in the RPG genre, for, well, for a very long time. Um, The highlights for me were Knights of the Old Republic, then, obviously... Mass Effect 1 and Dragon Age Origins and Witcher 3 is rather blown them out of the water. Interestingly a um, little bit interesting trying Skyrim because the remastered edition's out but apparently I thought I was going to get a hold of a free copy and it looks like maybe I'm not so I'm going to have to play the original. I've revisited Warframe on the PlayStation 4 and that seems pretty good. Uh, I'm also looking at maybe trying out Star Trek Online on the PlayStation and uh, started playing Dragon Age Inquisition, and I have to say it's not exciting me as much as Dragon Age Origins did so far. Um, but yeah, it seems okay. I've also had a go with PlayStation VR, and I have to say, although it's a little bit blurry and pricey, it is very immersive, and I can see for certain sorts of games, and with really good development it's going to be a really compelling piece of technology. It's uh, pretty comfortable to wear. It's not going to be good for marathon gaming sessions, I think kind of half an hour to maybe two hours at the most, and you're going to be like, I'm done. But I had a go at the diving experience, and it worked really, really well. Um, and that the feeling of presence was excellent. So if you craft your game to take advantage of VR, it's really good. Uh, I have heard of some technical limitations of VR versus something like the HTV Vive. But then again, the HTV Vive is going to require you to spend double the money just on the headset and then more money on, obviously, your PC. Okay, so let's focus in on the weekend itself. Well, to celebrate Halloween on Saturday, we had a Monster Day of Cthulhu, and we played several games. Now, Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition, really pleased with the way that's working out. It really leverages the app, and apparently we played a scenario that uh, the people who actually own the game have played before, and it was totally different to any version of that particular scenario they've ever played. So that's reassuring to know. I would be tempted to pick up my own copy. It's just a little bit pricey, and I have spent a bit of money on other things uh, this month. So, um, yeah, maybe on my Christmas list for that one. But, yeah, very impressive. If you tried Mansions and weren't 100% sold on it, maybe try the new version. If you like the first version, give, give the second edition a go. You can probably just download the app and 
just play it with what you've got. Now, you are going to struggle a bit because there are a couple of differences between first and second edition, but you could probably work around it just to give it a go. Uh, we also played Eldric Horror, which uh, I think is maintaining its tradition of me not winning. Uh, I used to win at Arkham Horror, and I am caught in two minds. I did get rid of all my Arkham Horror because I knew Eldric was probably going to take over, but I actually miss uh, Arkham. I, I'm not enjoying Eldrick as much as I did Arkham. haven't quite put my finger on what it is. Um, but yeah, I think Arkham does actually, to me, nudge out Eldrick. Now, I know Eldrick's meant to be faster playing, but tends not to be that much quicker in in my mind. Um, what else did we play? We played Mythos Tales, which is a spin on the Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective and it was really good, I have to say. Although my my concern with the Kickstarter exclusive hardback book was uh, revealed to, to be genuine because we were struggling to work out why the questions we had been asked had no relevance to the case that we'd just done. And it's because someone had accidentally turned a couple of pages too many and was looking at the questions for a different case to the one that we'd just done, which is why I prefer the idea of the individual booklets for each case, which I believe is going to be in the retail copy of Mythos Tales, so that's definitely on my list to pick up. Um, I did back the Kickstarter, but I dropped out because I, I didn't like the way things were going with the hardback book and all the extra case kerfuffle. I thought, I'm just going to wait for it to come out on retail. Uh, why take a gamble on it being no good? And you know, I prefer the idea of separate books anyway. But yeah, really, really good. Um, the map, I think, could be better, but production quality-wise, pretty decent, I have to say. And that got me all digging out my copy of Sherlock Holmes, and hence the fact I will be giving you a reading for the first case, uh, the Munitions Magnate. Uh, I hope you enjoy that. Anyway, um, that pretty much rounds out the news. Obviously, we've got Board Game Geek Con coming up, so there's bound to be a load of buzz coming out uh, from Board Game Geek for regarding new games and games from Essen etc uh, I've tried a few games from Essen with a colleague of mine and you know they seem pretty good and it's quite an interesting time the newest game that actually came from Essen that I've actually tried is Star Trek Ascendancy uh, we had a little bit of trouble with the rules because we sort of like punched it and played it without really reading the rules but yeah, it seems pretty streamlined, seems pretty good. I felt it was fairly Star Trek-y. Um, kind of my, my colleague was looking for a bit more, you are a captain of a starship, whereas for me, I was like, no, no, you are playing, you know, the, the Empire or, um, you know, the, the Federation rather than individual captains. And to me, that worked really well. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see if they maybe come out with an expansion to make you more of a, like you are Admiral Kirk in charge of a fleet or you're, you know, Picard, whoever, your captain of choices, uh, Cisco for me. Um, so yeah, there you go. So very interesting uh, run up to Halloween and Halloween weekend for me. And as I say, due to it being... Sherlock Holmes's anniversary I thought I'd release this podcast a bit early so I'm going to have a quick little break and I'm going to give a shout out to my friends over at Yogg-Sogoth and chuck their advert back in which uh, we haven't had for several shows and then when we come back enjoy my reading of the uh, case one from Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective Come Watson come he cried the game is afoot not a word into your clothes and come Quick, shut that door, man. 
As if that's going to stop it. Look, it's not my fault the Elder Sign didn't work. That's because it's shaped like a star. No, it's shaped like a tree. Star! Tree! Star! Well, it's too late now. We're the last ones. What about Lady Hetherington? She set on fire, then exploded. And Father O'Leary? He plucked out his own eyeballs and ate them. Damn! I wish I'd visited Yogsothoth.com more often. Yogsothoth.com? Yes, you know, that Call of Cthulhu website. Jolly useful. It's got forums, news, even interviews with the great and the undead. Oh, I do wish you hadn't said that. Oh, my Lord! Stay away from me, you horror! No! <laughs> well, you'll not take me! What? No! Please, no! The Yog Radio. A Cthulhu podcast from yogsothoth.com. The Munitions Magnate. Case 1. 12th of March, 1888. Despite the lateness of the winter, March is still roaring like a lion. In fact, just as we alight from our cab in front of 221B Baker Street, a derby hat skitters by, propelled by the fierce wind. In close pursuit is none other than Wiggins, chief of the Baker Street Irregulars, and after him, Dr. Watson. Sherlock Holmes, most able assistant. Before we can join in the chase, Wiggins manages to halt the flying bit of finery with a deft stroke of his umbrella. Cramming it squarely on his head, he saunters back towards us. Hello, he says cheerily. It would appear that Miss Holmes is summoning the troops. Uh, shall we? With the point of his umbrella, a very versatile tool it appears, Wiggins stabs the doorbell. It is several moments before Mrs Hudson answers and after a brief exchange of greetings, she sends us on our way to Holmes's apartment. Above, we find Holmes and Dr. Watson sitting at a table, engaged in earnest conversation with a gentleman in his late forties, expensively dressed, yet somewhat rumpled in appearance. "'Warm yourselves,' says Holmes, "'and I will explain my reasons for calling you out on such a bitter morning.' Coats and hats are immediately shed. There is a distinct pop as Wiggins removes his derby, and a rush is made for the fireplace. In due course, introductions are made, and the gentleman is identified as Mr. Richard Allen, brother of the late Courtney Allen, president of the Great Arms Company. It is the recent death of Mr. Allen's late brother, says Holmes, that occasions his visit to us. Briefly, Courtney Allen was found shot dead in an alley behind his office on the evening of March the 9th, at approximately 7pm, by the constables on patrol. Scotland Yard has put the crime down as a simple robbery, by persons or person unknown, largely due to the fact that the victim's wallet was found empty near the body and his gold pocket watch was missing. Mr. Allen was just telling us a bit about his brother when you arrived. Please continue, Mr. Allen. Well, Courtney was a dynamic individual, uh, always busy, forever on the move. Yet he had the unique ability to make ten minutes spent with you seem like an hour. So complete was his attention to you. Of course, his charm worked like a magic potion on the ladies. You said he was married? asks Watson, with a raised eyebrow. Oh, yes, poor Beatrice. Uh, was he involved in a um, in an affair at the time of his death? Asked Wiggins. Uh, yes, I I believe he was. Uh, 
but I've no clue as to who the lady might have been. You see, the night before he was killed, I popped round to his office at about uh, half past five and managed to coax him to supper at Keene's. We were there but a short while when Courtney begged leave. He indicated that he had uh, an important meeting, said Alfie Zane, and, and winked. The wink meant a uh, woman. Is uh, the company financially sound? asks Watson. Oh, oh, oh quite. A uh, fine investment for anyone's portfolio. You see, the company was founded as a small gun shop some seventy-odd years ago by our great-uncle, Thaddeus Grant. It catered to a very elite clientele. Oh, most of the chaps uh, in the regiment were equipped with pistols from Grant's, nods Watson. Why, uh, Braxton, you, you've heard me speak of Braxton, Holmes, he, he had a pair of the finest dueling pistols. Yes, Watson, pray continue, Mr. Allen. Courtney was always fascinated by firearms, uh, apprenticed himself to Uncle Thaddeus. When Thaddeus died in 1873, he bequeathed the business to Courtney. While maintaining the original shop and its tradition, Courtney expanded into the international arms trade with loans and the sale of public stock. He was able to build a plant at 12 Deverell Street for uh, the manufacture of heavy ordnance. Today, the firm is debt-free and very profitable. Of course, a drop in the share price occurred with the news of my brother's death. Who has ascended to the presidency? asks Watson. Courtney picked a successor, Philip Marlowe, the Second vice president. And why not the senior vice president? Uh, young Lord Ragland, who runs the Deverell Street plant, is a brilliant technician, but a most inept businessman. Who inherits your brother's stock? Yes, his wife, Beatrice. Now, I think we might examine the effects found with your brother. So saying, Holmes turns his attention to a briefcase and a large brown envelope. It looks as if some sharp objects has been used on it, comments Watson, referring to a long gouge on the leather of the briefcase. Yes, and it's practically brand new. I, I gave it to Courtney uh, for his last birthday, January the 6th. As you can see, it is locked. The police found it that way. Courtney kept the key on a chain attached to his watch fob. Uh, the watch, of course, was stolen. Holmes retrieves a long piece of wire from the coal scuttle. After gaining Alan's permission, he inserts it into the lock and with a quick flick of his wrist springs the lock open. He pulls out two folders for our examination. Each is filled with company papers and is coded to indicate its contents. One marked MBC, for instance, concerns various coal mine leases. Another marked S87U contains a list of sales to the US government during the preceding year. Holmes then empties the contents of the envelope onto the table. The inventory includes spectacles and a case, a ruby ring, a gold wedding band, a keychain with keys, an empty wallet, a small notebook, and a note. Seizing on the notebook, Holmes observes, Can you tell us who Captain Egan might be, Mr. Allen? I've never heard the name. And Billy... Billy is Cotney's secretary, William Linhart. Holmes compares the writing in the notebook with that of the note. 
They appear to be identical. He nods and says, I believe we have enough to begin our investigation. After Alan has gone, Wiggins comments that his hand gestures were most intriguing. Combining infinite subtlety with tremendous force, it is easy to imagine that he has no trouble making his wishes known on the floor of the London Stock Exchange. I don't recall Alan giving out his occupation, says Watson, puzzled. No, replies Wiggins, but certain phrases he spoke, coupled with the pencilled notations on his left shirt cuff, stock prices surely, led me to conclude that he was a stockbroker. Bravo, Wiggins. Well, Watson, our young man has come a long way since the days when you described him as a dirty little streak urchin, eh? Well, thank ye, Mr. Holmes, but after all, I was taught by the master. True, says Holmes matter-of-factly. Quite true.